1: Welcome to the Viking Age podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host,
2: Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age podcast, the official podcast for the vikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for The Viking Age. Before we get started, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash The Viking Age. All right, let's get to today's show. When you score this (laughs) upcoming week, is it possible for you to get Kirk Cousins involved in the gritty? (laughs) Can you can you make yeah, can you can t- attempt to make that happen for us?
1: I can try, I can try, but you know, uh, Kirk is a as a he's a you know a guy that likes to be laid laid back uh especially with the with the dance moves but i definitely would try to get a, get man, try, to get
2: a gritty. man listen try to get <laughs> kirk cousins hopefully you guys got to get an opportunity to get on the grass i know the yeah. facilities were closed will be closed
1: monday and tuesday but if you get a chance to get on the grass whisper in his ear say kirk when i make this big play
2: <laughs> i need you to come do the gritty with me just try just try
1: all right i got you i got you i'm gonna
2: get it done for you Oh man, Kirk Cousins doing the gritty. Uh, can't wait to see that happen. It won't be awkward at all. Uh, that was Justin Jefferson on the All Things Covered podcast with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden. Go check out that interview. It's, uh, it's a it's pretty good one, and you'll just you'll get to learn a few things about about Justin Jefferson. All right, today we've got some Twitter questions to take care of, and then we're going to have a chat with YouTube's UCF Jaguar to preview this week's Vikings game against the Jaguars. All right, so here's some Twitter questions. The first question comes from Kirby, and he asks, Is there any chance we see Mike Hughes or Holton Hill again this season? Now, both of them are on uh, IR and this year, with with COVID and everything, they only have to be there uh, for on there for three weeks in order to return. Uh, Holton Hill went on there with a foot injury on November tenth, and Mike Hughes went on there with a neck injury on October thirtieth. So they, they should they should both be eligible to return uh, right now. But if if they haven't come back already, I I don't I wouldn't see them coming back anytime soon. Um, just Mike Hughes, one it's a neck injury. You don't want to play around with that. He already, he already had a neck injury uh, less than a year ago, so that's nothing not something to mess around with, especially, you know, look at Daniel Hunter and how that went. Um, and then with Holton Hill, his foot injury apparently it was, it was bothering him for a while before he even went on injured reserve. So maybe he can come back. Uh, if it's between the two, I would say Hill, Hill probably would come back before Hughes but with what they're what they're doing right now with Cameron Dansler and, and Jeff Gladney and even Chris Jones out there, maybe and Chris Boyd, I think they're just building some continuity in the cornerback group and and maybe they bring back Hill for some depth, but I don't think they would uh, they don't really need Holton Hill to be back right now. The secondary is kinda starting to gel really well for the Vikings and, and they, it just I don't think they should do something maybe to mess potentially mess that up, even if it is Holton Hill coming off of injured reserve. Alright, there's two more questions, but both of them pretty much have to do with with a similar subject. Uh, the first one's from Tim, and he says, if the Vikings can win the next two games, do they start being more cautious with Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen to stay as healthy as possible to, to as they try and finish off a playoff push? And then uh, this next question from Vikings Lover uh, asks, how cautious the Vikings should be with Dalvin Cook? Uh, for both of those, the Vikings shouldn't be cautious with either Dalvin Cook or Adam Thielen or anyone else on their roster. They're five and six. They really cannot afford to lose another game if they want to make the playoffs. You know, they possibly could still get in if they lose one more game, two games. It's, it's likely not going to happen. But if they win out, their chances of getting the playoffs will be very high. Um... And they, they're going to need the best out of Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen in, in every game. So even against the Jaguars this weekend, you know, maybe maybe this weekend if the Vikings get out to a large lead against the Jaguars who are 1-10, if they get out to a large lead, they can they can pull Dalvin Cook in like the fourth quarter and, and Adam Thielen and sit those guys down, save them for uh, the Vikings next game against the Tampa Bay Bucks, which is probably going to be a little more difficult than when they play the Jaguars. Um, but i don't think they should you know be cautious with either of these guys um i don't like thinking about the future, especially in football when you just you you really can't anticipate what 's going to happen in the sport of football. Things just happen in you know the blink of an eye look at look at Teddy and his careers guys like alex Smith just things just happen that you can't plan for in the sport of football. Which means that just use Dalvin Cook at this point while he's he's running like a maniac, use Adam Thielen while you can before, you know, he dips off and, and starts to his play starts to trend in the wrong direction. So no, I don't think they should be cautious because if they do, then they probably won't make the playoffs. Alright, so that's enough from me today. So we're just gonna get right into the interview with uh, UCF Jaguar. Here it is. <laughs> All right, joining the show now is someone who is pretty well known in the Jacksonville Jaguars fan community. He goes by the name of UCF Jaguar on his YouTube channel, and you can subscribe to his YouTube channel by searching for UCF Jaguar. So go ahead and do that because he's got some some pretty entertaining videos, uh, but his real name is Dalton, so welcome to the show, Dalton. Hey Adam, I appreciate you having me on and
1: I'm looking forward to this matchup this week with an unfamiliar opponent as obviously the Vikings and Jaguars only face off once every four years, so it uh, should be some fun.
2: Yeah, they almost met in, uh, there was a chance they could have met in the 2017 Super Bowl, but we don't need to talk about that. Uh, yeah, we, we missed out on the Case Keenum-Blake Bortles legendary we, <laughs> Super Bowl. We did. Oh man. Uh, 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 instead we got what, Nick Foles and Tom Brady? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, First off, you're welcome for the second round pick. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe lasted for six games with the Vikings before they decided to trade him to the Ravens. Um, Whether he just wasn't a good fit for the defense or or they wanted to avoid paying him, the Vikings decided just to, to cut their losses pretty quickly. Were you disappointed that the Jaguars, before they traded him to the Vikings, that they couldn't find a way to keep Ngakwe in Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely was. It's, I mean, and that's one reason, I
1: mean, Dave Caldwell got fired, obviously, as you know, our GM this week. And I mean, the thing about Dave Caldwell, he's actually been able to bring in some talent, but all of the best talent that he's brought in has just exited the building. And, you know, I was, I was at the point where I'm like, we got to start retaining some of these guys or else we're just going to get such a bad rap. I mean, you you look at it and uh, Alan Robinson did not want to sign back with the team. Chandler Ramsey, in the middle of a season, forced his way out. And Yegan you know, Gokwe literally took an eight million dollar pay cut to leave jacksonville so i'm just like what is going on here so i mean i wasn't mad about the trade because obviously you we weren't going to get anything out of him he wasn't going to play or anything but um i mean just to give him up i mean it, it sucks that we couldn't re-sign him but it was kind of interesting i was looking into kind of unique and and how he's been doing outside of jacksonville and right now like when you combine the Ravens and Vikings records with Yannick Ngakwe, they're two and nine. And without him, <laughs> they're nine and two. I mean, that's yeah. just I mean, I, obviously, it's not solely on him, but it's just kind of incredible.
2: Yeah, um, I just looking at the Viking situation, I think he just he wasn't that great of a fit. Um you know, I think you're pretty well aware that he's not the greatest run defender in the world. He's he's pretty much focused on just being a pass rusher. Um and that's I'm I'm thinking that probably rubbed Mike Zimmer the wrong way because he's big on his guys, you know, tackling. Like even if you even if, you, if you're a corner and your coverage isn't that great, he'd rather have you be a great tackler than, you know, not the good at all. Um, but aside from that, we'll just get into uh maybe some some info on how you actually became a Jaguars fan because I don't think I'm making a bold statement when I say that the Jaguars fan base isn't massive as it is for teams like the Steelers and Cowboys and Packers maybe even the Vikings um, so how exactly did you become a Jaguars fan
1: well the story of how I became a Jaguar fan I'm sorry it's not super interesting I was <laughs> just raised in Jacksonville yeah. uh, you know I was I was born about an hour and a half away in Ocala then uh, moved to Jacksonville when I was like two or three years old, and lived there until I was 18. And then once I turned 18, I moved to Orlando to go to University of Central Florida, and that's where UCF Jaguar was kind of yeah. born. So, um, just grew up in Jacksonville, I man. That's kind of my story be- behind that whole thing.
2: Um, yeah, my first Jaguars memory, I think, growing up was was back in '98 when when the Vikings actually beat them, uh, 50 to 10. That was during their crazy 98 season when they went 15-1, and one, and I believe Jonathan Quinn was the quarterback for the Jaguars during that game was... It's really random. Uh, usually, yeah, that sounds about
1: right. I mean, me during, I was I was born in 93, so the 90s is okay. a, yeah. a little bit out of my, <laughs> I know about the teens, I didn't really live through it, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah I was, I was 10 right.
2: when that happened, so. But actually, yeah. you know what, I'll, I take that back, my first Jaguars memory, I think, is actually when they beat the Bills and Broncos in 96, so you were three, so you probably don't have a memory of that, but I grew up in upstate New York, so I had a lot of friends who were Bills fans, and then... My dad was a Broncos fan, so I remember him just getting super upset about losing to the Jaguars uh, in the playoffs, who were barely, you know, that was like, I believe it's like their second season, maybe, yeah. in existence. Um, but who is your all-time favorite Jaguars player, and, and then who is the guy that you most enjoy watching on the current Jaguars team? Um, I guess I'll I'll say two of my
1: favorite Jaguars players. I mean, the easy one for me is Fred Taylor, just because he was so... I mean, he was just so good, and he was, you know, he, it was during the time when I was really growing up and becoming a football fan. So, yep. I mean, it's obvious, like you know, you kind of go to the productive running back because that's kind of the most flashy thing. Uh, but kind of an underrated guy that may not be the best, but I just really loved, and that was Blake Bortles, just yep. because it's kind of an emotional attachment for me because um, he was drafted to the Jaguars when I was a sophomore in college. So. Um, it was really cool just kind of having a trance to him, kind of go over there, and then uh, the best Wait, year. Wait, go since, to
2: UCF? He went to UCF. Yeah,
1: he was a UCF guy. Oh. so I was a sophomore at UCF when he was drafted, and okay, um, he when that was my sophomore year, he also led the, led the UCF to a Fiesta Bowl and kind of put them on the map. So yeah. that was a little bit emotional for me. And then um, my best is my best, like the most fun year I've ever had, following the Jaguars. Uh, was in twenty seventeen when he was quarterback and led us yep. to the AFC championship game. And um, a lot of Jaguar fans, I mean, he was just getting torn apart by the national media, just and then Jaguar fans kind of rallied around him and defended him, even when we probably shouldn't have been, but it was still uh it was just a fun time. And he was he just chill dude. Um so a lot of Jaguar fans kind of liked him for that. But Fred Taylor, my favorite player, but I gotta give an honorable mention to uh, Blake Bortles. Okay, and who's the, the guy on the current team
2: that you most enjoy to watch these days?
1: I'd probably say, I mean, right now the Jaguars are 1-10, so um, <laughs> let's see, James Robinson. I'll go yeah. with James Robinson, I, undrafted rookie. It's, it's amazing that Jaguars had 12 draft picks this year, two in the first round, and our best rookie turned out to be an undrafted running back, So, but he's been great. I mean, when the Jaguars, Jaguars did a lot of questionable things this offseason, one of those things is being randomly cutting Leonard Fournette. Uh, but that was one yep. thing that they turned out to actually be right on. And uh, Fournette's not really doing much of anything in Tampa. Then you look at James Robinson. He's just just a better running back than Fournette. I mean, better vision, more elusive, uh, just runs through the pocket better, lower center of gravity, like his hips are lower so he doesn't get tripped up as easy, um, better balance. He's just – I mean, just he's just a – Pure running back man, and he's just been such a joy to watch. I picked him up in literally all four of my fantasy leagues, so he's just killing it for me. So uh, favorite player on a current team has to be James Robinson.
2: You know, you're not a big uh, Mike Linden guy. You know, you know. <laughs> oh God, oh. <laughs> I,
1: this I'm I'm so done with these crap quarterbacks. Let me tell you, you're I, not I'm you're not a big Blaine Gabbert guy either. You know? Oh my God, I don't know. <laughs> do we have to go through the list of. I mean, the best quarterback I've seen in my era have been like Blake Bortles and David Garrard, and probably even Gardner Minshew. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I yeah, guess it man, hasn't man. been that much better for the Vikings either. But
2: hell. No, I mean, when you were dealing with Blaine Gabbert, the Vikings were dealing with Christian Ponder, so it wasn't like uh, there was much of a difference going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But over the years, the Jaguars relocating actually to London is is something that's been floated around. Uh, for a while now would you if they did this would you still root for them if, if they left Jacksonville and, and relocated to London or would you just be done with them uh, as a fan of a team because I live in San Diego and the Chargers left like I don't know what like four three or four years now and uh, there's a lot of people out here that are just done with the Chargers and they don't want anything to do with them
1: yeah I mean it's it's t- I mean I don't think the Jaguars are moving to London but maybe somewhere else in the United States is a possibility even though you know Now they have two teams in LA. Vegas has been swallowed up. So I don't know what the next viable option is. But the owners invested plenty of money in Jacksonville, but I always have like just thought, like, would I still be a Jaguar fan if they somehow left? And, you know, you kind of fall in love with the players. And obviously, I have this YouTube channel and stuff. I just, I just don't know what team I would go to. So I'd imagine I'd be super salty. (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, but I, th- I think at the end of the day, man, like especially the Jaguars draft, like Justin Fields and we have this, this great franchise mm-hmm. and winning culture and stuff. I just, I just can't see myself just hopping on another team and saying, all right, this is my team. Let's do this. I'd have to, you know, I've seen the Jaguars build up, go down, just all different stuff.
2: So I'd have to, I'd, I'd probably still remain a Jags fan. Well, that's good. you, you you just you like the the organization so that's that's good that you'll stick by them and yeah like you said you've invested you know you got your, your channels so you got people that probably rely on you for some coverage um but in their first five seasons the Jaguars made the playoffs four times um but life has been tough for them recently since they just they've only made it once since 2008 and currently they're one and ten, like you've said. So they've already clinched their eleventh losing season in the last thirteen years. Can you just explain to me what keeps you watching this team year after year, uh, despite all of their losing seasons during the last decade? Oh man, I just <laughs> I don't even I don't even know
1: how to answer. I mean, it's just this is my team, man. I don't mm. I don't I don't go away from my team. And honestly, like it's it's moments like this when you're just so bad. It's gonna make me appreciate once the Jaguars are actually good. I could just sit there and say, "Look, I know what it's like through the bad times." It's gonna make like it's like in 2017, that random fluke year. It's like, mm-hmm. man, all those losing seasons made this so great because, like, if if you were to have ditched the Jaguars and then became a fan right back in 2017, you know they can be all excited and stuff, but no way will their excitement. I know reach the amount of excitement that I have. And that's why people like they, they bandwagoners drive people nuts. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, look, like they may drive you nuts, but they don't have the same joy and appreciation and happiness of when the team becomes great as we do and we endure it all, just the bad double-digit losing seasons, bad coaches, bad quarterback play, horrible defenses, just getting slaughtered year in, year out. I mean, it's, it's the good times that really rise you up and you know i've always i've always remained an optimist especially now we got rid of the gm we got so much cap room if we keep on losing which hopefully we do we'll be able to secure trevor lawrence or justin fields like i mean i look at the situation the jaguars have such an attractive gm sparring now with all the cap space and all the draft picks like if we do things right and hire the right people like i mean the dolphins were the same team as the Jaguars last year they were the tanking yep. team but then yep. They go get some guys, they get a quarterback, the coaching remains good, and then boom, they're in a playoff hunt. Like the Jaguars literally next year. I'm not saying that they will, but they possibly could be in that situation.
2: Yeah. I totally I totally could see that happening. Um as far as the coach goes, there's no way Doug Marone is gonna be the head coach of the Jaguars next year, right? oh absolutely not <laughs> okay good um so who is who is the guy or or maybe the style of coach that you would like to see the jaguars go after to be to be their next head coach
1: well usually when you when you go from one coach to another coach you want a coach that's, that's like completely different yeah and um you know just someone that's a little bit different than that guy and i mean i look at somebody like maybe the 49ers, Robert Sala, who actually has been in Jacksonville before as a linebacker's coach. I just think him bringing his young energy, excitement, just passion. I think that's someone that players can really rally behind. Uh, But other than that, I mean, I think maybe my top candidate, because I know my top candidate for GM will be Mike Borgonzi, who is in the Chiefs front office. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's got some position out of the GM and I just think that would be a terrific hire for the Jaguars as being that coming from their culture. And then, you know, I've been hearing that, you know, I've been listening to XM Radio, and they've basically been saying that they've been talking around a lot of GM and head coaches or a lot of package deals. So, man, I think getting him and bringing over Eric Bieniemy and pairing up Eric Bieniemy with a guy like Justin Fields, who I'm not going to say is Patrick Mahomes, but he's got a lot of similar qualities to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, man, like that could be... A really really cool combination and um, like I said the Jaguars should get the get their choice of really GM just with the situation because I mean if you paired if you compare the Jaguar situation with another AFC South team the Houston Texans the Houston Texans right now have no picks in the first two rounds while the Jaguars have two first round picks two second round picks thank you Vikings and also <laughs> the most cap room in the NFL I mean it, I like like I said, I mean the Jaguars should really get their choice, and not only that, there's no state income taxes in Florida either. So, I mean, it's just it's so attractive So me. And I think for me, I would probably prefer an offensive guy. And the only reason why I say that is because if you get a defensive guy, then you bring an offensive coordinator in here, and the offense is doing good and churning. Boom, he's going to get a head coaching job. You bring in another guy, boom, he's going to get a head coaching job. And all of a sudden, maybe you bring in an office coordinator that isn't very good, and your team sinks. So that sounds um, that sounds very that, familiar.
2: Yeah. Because, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Because the Vikings, then, they have Mike Zimmer, who's a defensive guy. They have Pat Shermer, who was good, and he left to be a head coach. They had Kevin Stefanski, who was, you know, the next offensive coordinator. He left to be a head coach, and now they have Gary Kubiak, and he's kind of a little old to move on to be a head coach. But yeah, that's that's something that's that's very similar. So yeah, I would. I would, if I was the Jaguars, yeah, I'd go after an offensive guy who could just stay there and, and maintain that offense instead of, you know, hiring a defensive guy who has to go through so many different offensive coordinators. But I do like the, the combo thing that you're talking about with the Chiefs or, or some other team. Cause I think that would work if you have, if you bring in two guys who are, who are already familiar with one another and know what the other one wants. Cause that coach GM relationship is, is just so important to, you know, developing a team. Um, yeah, and
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I'm definitely going to be talking about maybe using the Vikings as like an example because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you guys have always had a good offense and all of a sudden, uh, I mean, you see what the coach over there for the, Safanski's doing over for the Browns, yeah. he's doing a great job. And, you know, I don't know what the, who's the current offensive coordinator for you guys right now? Is it? Uh, Kubiak. V- is it the guy from, yeah, Kubiak, yeah, I was about to say. Um, so, I mean, that guy can be very hit or miss. So, I don't know, it's just, you want yeah. you don't want to be changing offensive systems like crazy um it's just not not good for a quarterback not good for young skilled players um you know you want to keep that consistent just um so you don't have to keep switching things up
2: yeah and they just had a guy who you should be familiar with too before he went to the Jaguars John D Filippo was with the Vikings and he didn't last an entire season because he wanted to pass the ball a lot and Mike Zimmer was like no we're not going to do that um and so that relationship kind of fizzled and and Filippo got let go before the season even ended I mean Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen had two of their best statistical years ever in their careers but that was because the Vikings were passing probably way more than they should have been but then he went to to Jacksonville and I think he's with Chicago now um. yeah, John D. Filippo, talk about an overrated coach, man. He I mean <laughs> the he, Eagles, he the he Eagles like, made him a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, then he I don't know what his obsession with Foles is, but mm-hmm. you know, he just kind of he does I mean he goes to the Bears and he's like, all right, let's bring in uh, Nick Foles, and then Nick Foles is just <laughs> weirdest, weirdest weirdest career for an NFL quarterback, I've got to say Nick Foles. But yeah, it's uh it's it's not a good situation. And yeah, let's get let's get an offensive guy in here for sure
2: yeah all right so you were talking a little bit about the draft and um if the jaguars get the number one pick there's still a chance they got one win and the jets have no wins you know maybe somehow the jets will win you never know it's the nfl but um if they do get the number one pick is there anyone you mentioned justin fields and, and trevor lawrence is there anyone other than those two that you could see the jaguars may be drafting with that top selection
1: um i mean me i wouldn't pick anybody right. else but you never know with, with the freaking jaguars but i mean <laughs> <laughs> i mean i imagine they're gonna bring in someone smart i mean they're gonna bring those guys in and uh just get a quarterback in here just because it's nowadays in the nfl i mean i remember back in in 2017 after the Jaguars made the run and then you know i was a I wasn't all that mad about re-signing Blake Bortles because I was like, oh, look what happened this year. You know, you had Case Keenan, Nick Foles, Blake Bortles, final mm-hmm. four quarterbacks in the NFL. It's like you really don't need a great quarterback, but then now you look at it, man. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't have a great quarterback – you don't know what your team is going to be from year in year out i mean you could have like a matt ryan where he has an mvp type season as in the next year just sinks down and is just inconsistent i mean you want a quarterback like nowadays man especially with the offensive rules and it seems like now it, it used to be defense wins championships but now man it's definitely turned into the offense just with the way with the way like penalties are being called and mm-hmm. uh just benefit of doubt seems like Ty's always given to the op- offense so I uh, get a good get a quarterback in here that's not only like a great quarterback but it's just the best player on the field a guy that plays with confidence that goes out there if they're down three they're gonna say look I'm gonna lead this team down the field and has no doubts about it so I mean that that's what this year is all about man just I mean losing sucks it definitely gets it, it, it's hard to root for your team to lose that's for sure just because I, I love these players and I want them to experience success and you know I don't like being the butt of all jokes, but uh, go out there get your guy. I remember I'm I'm a good friends I'm a good uh, friends with a Bengals youtuber, and he says, "Look, I was on a tank train last year. Everybody was over here making fun of me, calling me a bad fan, but nobody's mad about losing now that they have Joe Burrow. So it's just it's a year full of pain, but it's different with our situation because if you're a Bengals fan, you want to win because you got a young quarterback, you got a you got a second-year head coach, but with the Jaguars, it's like you have a lame duck head coach. You have a GM that you want to get fired, and you have no quarterback. You have Gardner Minshew, Jake Luton, and Mike Lennon, who's all going to be starting multiple games this season. So, it's just a just a bad situation this year.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, the Vikings were one in five to start this year, so I I completely understand. You know how you feel. For the entire year, but luckily the Vikings have turned things around and they're actually kind of back in the playoff hunt now at five and six. But earlier in the year, there were a lot of there, there were a lot of fans calling for for them to tank and try and get Trevor Lawrence and get Kirk Cousins out of there. But um, luckily they were able to turn things around. And I I think some of those people are probably kind of mad that they didn't tank. Uh, but the Mike Zimmer and and Rick Spielman, the GM there, are just they're not in a mode where they can do that right now the guys, the guys on their roster they, they've got too much invested so uh, it's good that they've been able to turn things around because it could have turned into a disaster alright so let's look ahead to this weekend's game between the Vikings and the Jaguars inside Minnesota's US Bank Stadium uh, I checked last night FanDuel has the Vikings favorite now by 10 points I believe it started at 9.5 so that's gone up a little bit um, my question to you is what is something the Jaguars do well that could possibly result in them beating the Vikings on Sunday.
1: I mean, guess the best thing the Jaguars do is just run the ball, man. I mean, James Robinson—he has a hundred or he has eight hundred eighty rushing yards on the season, so he could very well potentially eclipse the uh, you know the, the thousand-yard marker after this. Yeah. After this Sunday, and the Jaguars' offensive line does a good job of run blocking. So, really, the the offense, the 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 offensive running game, that's really been the best part of the team so far. And other than that, I mean, they don't do a lot else very well. I mean, the defense is putrid. They give up a lot of rushing yards, even though they 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 they're trying to play better. But they just simply don't have the personnel out there. They have no pass rush. You know, Josh Allen is injured. So, other than that, Clavon Chase on us has been literally no impact for us a former first round pick Taven Bryan, brian no impact and um and other than that man we just have guys back there in, a, in the secondary just because we've been so injured so i mean i guess the best thing the jaguars do is just is just run the ball and i mean when you're one in 10 team there's really not much that's going well
2: well the vikings are not very good at stopping the run so that that really could make a difference, uh, this weekend. And, uh, I remember watching, I think a couple of weeks ago when the Jaguars almost pulled off the upset over the Packers. Um, I was rooting for the Jaguars cause I, I hate the Packers. Um, so I, I go into this weekend thinking, you know, they almost beat the Packers. So I wouldn't be completely surprised if they were able to pull off the upset against the Vikings. And, and the Vikings typically have these games over the years where they underestimate their opponent, you know, regard or, given their record, you know, a couple of years ago, the bills came in and the Vikings were favored by like I don't know, 13 or 14 points. And the bills ended up wiping them off the floor. Um, this weekend, do the Jaguars have a better chance at stopping Dalvin cook or stopping Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson?
1: Um, probably, I mean, I would honestly probably say Dalvin cook. I mean, um, and that's just because the Jaguars are better at stopping the run game. Uh, the thing about the pass game is, literally, the Jaguars get no pass rush in there. So I mean, literally, any quarterback can just tear us apart. We don't have C.J. Henderson. We're finally getting back Sidney Jones, but other than that, I mean, the 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 secondary is just bad. So it's kind of like pick your poison. The Jaguars. I mean, they've they've held down rushers every once in a while. I mean, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago they played pretty good against the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to stopping James Conner. Then. A few weeks prior, like you said against Green Bay, I mean Aaron Jones was literally no impact. So uh, with the Jaguars, I mean it's going to be in a dome game, so the obviously the ball is going to be able to be thrown better. So really, I mean especially with Dylan coming back, I mean I just I don't I don't see any way the Jaguars can really stop those two guys. I think they're they might try to sell it to stop the run, which they might be able to do. But when it
2: comes to the pass game, I don't know how they're going to do that. Pressure Kirk Cousins if they can find a way to do that usually that's that's the the formula um who's the one guy on the Jaguars roster on the Jaguars roster that you will be focusing on the most during Sunday's game it could be someone that you believe can make a difference or or it can just be someone that you want to see maybe progress as a player I guess I would probably
1: say cornerback Sidney Jones now Sidney Jones was a former second round pick Mm -hmm. by the Philadelphia Eagles for whatever reason did not work out well there but for the Jaguars this year, he's been playing just really, really well, and he could be a real building block going forward. And he's coming back from injury this week. I think he was on like the three week IR, so he's back this week. And just seeing him match up, who is he going to play against? Is it Justin Jefferson? Is it mm-hmm. going to be Adam Thielen? And how exactly how does he play against those guys? Does Kirk Cousins try to throw the ball away from him? Or I just I want to see kind of with him because right now there's just a lot of injuries on the Jaguars and. I kind of know. I kind of feel like I know what they are on offense. There's no quarterback. I, I don't. I don't really care to evaluate Mike Glennon at all. <laughs> so I mean, I, I guess that there's anybody. It's it's got to be Sidney Jones
2: for me. Uh, I, he's a free agent after this year, right? I think. Uh, I believe so. I, I think they yeah. sign him on a one-year deal. Right. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know how he plays the rest of the year. If he can do well and maybe get a big deal either with Jacksonville or or, or somewhere else, because um, I. Th- I think he went in the second. He was supposed to be a first round pick when he came out of college. I think he was in Washington, and I think he tore his ACL um, during workouts. So that's why he went in the second round. Yeah, that's uh, what happened.
1: He was supposed to be a first round pick, and then yeah. tore an ACL, and then went I think like top of the second or into the second round or something yep. like that. But he went to the. He was a rookie, I think, when the uh, when the Eagles. Yeah, he was a rookie when the Eagles made their Super Bowl run.
2: Yep. Yep, I remember that. All right. On a scale of one to ten, what is your confidence level in the Jaguars pulling out a win over the Vikings on Sunday?
1: Um, I would say my confidence level, I'd probably say about a three. I mean, I, I don't I don't count the Jaguars out of this game one like completely. Just because I mean they while they while they've been losing games, they've been playing a lot better really toward the you know last few weeks. I mean when you look at it the last four games um, lost to Houston by two points. Lost to the Packers by four points. Lost to the Browns by two points. I mean, the Packers and Cleveland Browns are pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Jaguars, I mean, when you, when it comes to bad teams, I mean, both on the road too, right? Yeah, both or no. Uh, the Texans was at home. Packers was away. Uh, Cleveland Browns is home. So oh, was I okay. mean, so with the Jaguars, I mean, they're bad. But when you compare them to like the Jets, like I have no confidence Jets can yeah, win a game. I mean, yeah. it seems like. If the Jaguars and Jets played, the Jaguars would just blow them out. But um, I, I mean,
2: I, I would. And Adam Gay still has a job.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and obviously, I mean, NFL. It's such a any given Sunday week. I mean, I would have bet all the money in the world that the Vikings would beat the Cowboys, but they right, weren't able right, to beat right. them. So, I mean, you never know. I mean, obviously, I don't think the Vikings are going to be sleeping on the Jaguars because mm-hmm. they're not in the position to sleep on anybody, and they mm-hmm. already use their mulligan against the mm-hmm. Cowboys when it comes to overlooking an opponent. So I don't know. I mean, there's of course a chance the Jaguars could win, but I'm not, I, I ultimately think that the Jaguars probably get whooped this game.
2: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to, to Dalton UCF Jaguar for coming on the show and, and helping us learn a little bit more about the Vikings next opponent. Make sure to, follow him on youtube remember just search ucf jaguar and and his channel will come up so follow him and subscribe to that channel he puts up a bunch of good stuff make sure to follow the viking age on twitter and facebook and subscribe to the podcast on the apple podcast app spotify and pretty much wherever you can find podcasts but until next time we will talk to you later